the way that I think about modesty is like this. You know, brands reach out to me and they're like, hey, do you want to be part of my brands? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they send over a contract and they give me all of these lists of how I should portray myself for their audience. So God gives us the same guidelines. Mm. He's like, these are my guidelines and you go ahead and do what you got to do. Use the talents that I gave you and be my ambassador. I'm Adira Polite, and this is Then God Moved. Yay! So I am here with Amanda Rocco, who you may know on social media as Amanda Roca. <laughs> And she is an awesome fashion icon person. Her tagline, which is possibly my favorite tagline of any tagline I've seen, is God is my personal stylist. And there's a very special story behind that that has a lot to do with modesty and her journey from, you know, dressing in a worldly way to dressing in a godly way, but that not being what some of us think it is, which is boring. It is not boring. It is a fascinating journey. And there's a lot of really cool, cool, cool stuff that she has to share about culture and Christianity. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, It's such an honor to be here, seriously. <laughs> so to start, obviously, a large part of your story that you're here to share is about modesty. But at what point did you begin walking with Christ? So I grew up in a Christian household for the most part. Um, but like I knew God and he had his son, Jesus, and he died <laughs> for my sins. But right. I never fully understood what that even meant. Mm-hmm. And Fast forward, like I moved out and I was very like lukewarm. I moved out with my boyfriend. And well, before that, let me just say I got baptized. Okay. But like I said, didn't understand the full concept. Then afterwards, I moved out with my boyfriend, who's now my husband, but Mm -hmm. still like was in sin and um, started practicing new age. So a bunch of yoga, meditation, like numerology, hypnotism, you name it. Mm -hmm. And finally, God was like, God called me out of that. And, and I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was not doing your will, even though I thought I was, it was totally apart from him, but I'm truly, truly blessed to like, to have God save me and, you know, just pour his mercy out over my life because Mm -hmm. I don't deserve it. Yeah. None of us do. Right. (laughs) None of us do. We really don't. So what did that calling look like? You were doing all these things, not thinking that you were doing anything wrong. How did he show up for you? Um, Well, what a story. (laughs) Um, So the best way I can describe it is like the veil was lifted off of my eyes. You know how in the New Testament, Paul talks about Satan blinding the eyes of unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And I was truly blinded. I thought that I was doing God's will. I thought that the universe was there and like that, that kind of impersonal being was trying to help me. And it came to a point where I was trying to open up my third eye. And then like I was watching and it's crazy though, because it was a video of uh, another new ager just talking Mm -hmm. about her experiences in the new age. And she was saying like how she opened up her third eye and it was a scary experience and I'm a very fearful person. Mm, okay. <laughs> At least I was. Mm-hmm. God's working on that. Right. <laughs> but, um, he or she, I'm sorry, uh, was saying that, you know, she saw faces on the wall. And when I was younger, I was in a house that was 
definitely infested with demons. And then I saw that the, the demonic dreams that I used to have or the things that I used to see there resembled what she was talking about. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this mm. is demonic. Everything that I'm doing is demonic. Mm. And that day I ran home almost. I was at work in the middle of work. Mm-hmm. But when I finally came home, I just dropped to my knees. Even though my husband, back then he was unbelieving, he, you know, we both knelt down and I repented for everything. To this day, I don't understand what exactly like made me put two and two together. Honestly, I want to say it's the Holy Spirit because even back then, I think about, you know, I wasn't reading the Bible a lot. But that day, it was like scriptures that I hadn't read in years popped up into my head. Mm. And it was like Satan can masquerade as an angel of light. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one should come to the Father except through me. And I was like, mm. how do I even know these? But <laughs> it just came into my head. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is God for sure. Wow. I love that. Because it's actually funnily similar to my story. It was like scriptures that maybe I'd heard, you know, various points God led me to the word. And then it just hit me that those words were true. Like this is the word of God. It's not just some phrase. That's wild. The Holy Spirit, man. I know. He does a lot of work for us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So at what point in your life was that? How old were you? And how old are you now? So, oh, I want to say that was two, three years ago now. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm 24. Okay. Don't tell my followers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't tell them. Okay, so that's, okay, you're pulled out of the new age, mm-hmm. and you understand, you're starting to understand the gospel. Was the gospel, like, immediately clear to you at this point? Like, you realized, okay, demons are real, and I'm playing with demons, but did you understand who Christ was? So, at first, I knew that the Satan was real. Mm-hmm. And because I knew Satan was real, I knew that there was a good because if mm. there had to be something that evil, there had to be a God. Yes. And so for me, I knew that God existed. I know I knew about Christ. And when I finally like put the two and two together, I want to say it was immediate for the most part. Mm-hmm. But did I like understand all the concepts of the Bible and what Christ's teachings were per se? Not all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you started to learn, like, what did that, what did that process look like? Was it just like reading scripture on your own? Did you have oh, mentors? Yeah, it was hard because, you know, my mom was a devout Christian for, she's been a devout Christian her whole life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I never, like, we read the Bible, but it was never like full readings, you know, it was like a scripture here and there, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to dive deep and like read the New Testament or the whole Bible, I had to do that on my own. You know, I had to learn on my own. And I kind of pushed myself away from the church that I was going to when I was younger. So I really didn't have Christian friends or someone to kind of guide me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to rely on God for most of it and be like, Lord, like, how do I do this? How do I even begin? And he really helped me out through that. And he gave me like sermons to watch and gave me tools like, uh, you know, different YouTube channels and what, and whatnot to like help me understand the concepts or the historical um, meaning or historical text at the time. So it was really, really nice to, to know that he was on my side that whole time, even mm. though I felt physically alone. So what was your husband's response to all of this? Like he was a non-believer and you're suddenly <laughs> like, I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
Oh, um, well, from what I've seen, you know, at first he was just like, okay, great. <laughs> and now he's like, all right, you're the Jesus lady. Like, and he'll come to <laughs> questions, you know, um, I never tried to force myself. At first, I was a little pushy, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. as we most are. Yeah. But like now, I know I just tell him about the Bible and he has been gradually just accepting of it. Mm. And of course, like God is working in his life. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm part of his life for a reason. So yeah, for sure. That. Yeah, that's awesome. That is definitely a testimony in the making. I oh, for sure. God's yeah. working. Oh, for sure. <laughs> So as you began to mature spiritually, you started to think about clothing differently. Was fashion already something that was on your heart? Was that something you loved? Yes, yes. I went to fashion school when I was, well, obviously before I converted. Okay. And I dropped out because I was just, I didn't, just didn't feel like continue going. And when I finally like went back to Christ, I was like, God, I have all of these tools. I have these talents. I knew how to sew. I was like, okay, so now what do I do? You know, how do I continue spreading the gospel to people in a way that is unique, you know, so that people would like to hear it and people want to like have conversations. And that's when I started on YouTube. I, you know, released my testimony because I was making new age videos. So then I just, I was like, Mm -hmm. guys, I'm sorry about that. I'm Christian. Christ saved me. And then I was like, how do I continue this? So the reason why I continued with YouTube and the social media altogether was because of I wanted to share my love for Christ. And the way that I did that was making fashion videos, you know, kind of a neutral platform where people can come to watch my videos. And then they would see other videos. Oh, she's a Christian. Oh, she follows Christ. Like, what does her walk look like? Mm. So other people have found me through like fashion videos or they see me as like a Christian fashion YouTuber or um, on social media, but some people just see me as a Christian. Okay. I bet that was difficult. You already had an audience when you converted and you had to tell them, sorry. Not that much. (laughs) (laughs) Not that big. No, but like, I still wanted to tell, even if one person heard me, I wanted them to, to know that I was leading them astray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of Doreen Virtue we had on the podcast. And, you know, she had this huge audience and she had to tell them, you know, I have been deceiving myself, deceiving you. I've been deceived, you know, and God has really opened a lot of people's eyes through that. So I'm sure there are people who were watching you and who were just as lost and confused as you. And I pray that they are also seeing the light that you now have, because it's just listeners can't see your face, but you just have this joy that you cannot mistake for anything other than the Holy Spirit. It's just... (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you see that. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and um, Doreen Virtue, when Mm -hmm. I first was coming to Christ, you know, she was one of the YouTubers that I watched Mm -hmm. and that I would see, like, her sharing her testimony, but also the people that she would interview as well. I would see the deception, and I'm like, oh, this is bad as well. Mm -hmm. So she really helped me out as well. God bless her. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a really sweet woman too. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> so you had this fashion thing on your heart. You are using your platform for Christ at this point. At what point did you start to realize maybe I have a special message? So it was a little rocky at first. Okay, I'll tell you that much because you know as soon as I told my audience that I was Christian, you know a lot of people were now looking at me under this like magnifying glass. 
And they were like, okay, so you're a Christian, but what are you doing wrong? You're saying that you're perfect now because Christ saved you. And that's not really what I was saying. <laughs> right. I'm a wretch and Christ redeemed me. Mm-hmm. But um, I was still learning, you know, as most of us are, you know, I was learning. I was saying like going through that process of sanctification, throwing out books and stuff. But I was just, you know, telling people about my journey or telling people about my walk. And, you know, people would just be down on me. They would like be down on me with scriptures and be like, Mm -hmm. "Um, you're not dressing correctly. Look at what you're wearing. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, am I what am I wearing? Because in the new age. Nobody cares what you're wearing. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, whatever, throw on some pasties. You're all right. right. <laughs> but I started kind of like bumping heads with God because I was like, God, you made me this way. I don't understand. Like you made me a woman. You gave me all these body parts. Why are people shaming me mm. into dressing in a certain way? You know, people would tell me to cover this up or cover that up. And so I was frankly just confused for mm. a long time. And, you know, just like any other, I guess, millennial, maybe is that what you can call yeah, us? We're right on that cusp, Gen Z, millennial. <laughs> I know. I know which one, yeah. um, just like any of them, like I would just, I would just go down the rabbit hole and Google and like try to figure out the modesty scriptures. What do they mean? Um, search up YouTube videos, see other people's testimonies about it. And it, I just, it never sat right with me fully because people already have those like church biases in the Mm -hmm. back because, you know, they went to church all the time. And even though I had gone to church and people had told me to dress in a certain way, I still never fully understood where, where God wanted me to be. So Mm -hmm. at one point I was, I pushed everything aside and I was like, I'm not going to search for it anymore. Lord, like you tell me what I'm supposed to wear Mm because I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it all started. Wow. See, that is wisdom because I feel like I often, even to this day, I search for answers from people who they're wise. And so you you look to them for the answers, but it is always a very good idea to ask God himself. And like often he'll reveal it to you through his word and like make the word make sense to you. So what was that like? So for me, I at first, you know, like things would come up, like I would read scriptures, you know, because it's not just one scripture, you know, people take mm-hmm one scripture <laughs> based in it, like everything on that one scripture but God has a message throughout the Bible so you have to look at multiple scriptures and see how they all intertwine because you know God is constantly speaking and we just have to dive into his word to know what he's trying to say to us but also to know his character because ultimately we learn the principles of what he wants us to do through his word. Mm. So when I was looking at the scriptures, I wasn't seeing him tell me to dress in a specific garment. I was seeing that he was really focused on your character, especially Mm. as women. A lot of times people want us to focus on our beauty, the clothes that we wear, but God is focused on the eternal, what we can't see. And that's why he's focused on a character. So many scriptures will say, look at the works. Are you doing good works, appropriate works for those who profess to worship God? Mm. So I think that's where I started to really realize that God wasn't looking at my clothes. He was saying, like, let's start at your heart because Mm. everything that you do flows from. Right. So for you, what did that mean? Was that like he had to heal things in your heart? He had to change the way that you saw yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because at first I 
At first, I was really upset with God. It, mm. I was hurt. It was the church. You know, I was, mm. you know, the body of Christ sometimes can be mean. Yeah, It's yeah. full of humans. So I was hurt that God, well, that these people mm-hmm. were using the scriptures and calling, you know, how in Proverbs it says that a woman without decency is like putting a ring on a swine. And I was like, Lord, am I a pig to you? Right. <laughs> I was really hurt. Um, so it was like their shaming started to feel like it was coming from God. You started to feel like, oh, God. Absolutely. absolutely. At one point I was like, I don't even want to touch my Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't, even, I don't want to look at it. I was like, that's not from God. Yep. And also I started hating my body. Mm-hmm. I started hating my curves. I started hating the things that God gave me. And I hated being a woman. I kid you not. I wanted so badly to not be a woman because I was like, if this is what you've, if this is the kind of stuff that you're going to make me do, Mm. I don't want to be part of it. And the thing is, is that, you know, since I released those videos, I have girls that come up and they're like, I hate, I hate my body. I don't, I don't know if I can use boobs. uh, (laughs) Okay. I was like, I don't know how I can get, but you know, they're like, I hate my boobs. I hate my, I hate my behind. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that. And I'm, that's the voice of Satan. Satan wants you to hate right. yourself. Exactly. He, he hates that. Right. He hates that. Exactly. He doesn't like the body that God gave you. Mm-hmm. And that's why the scriptures are so important because God tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. A godly woman's attractiveness isn't her clothes it's not her body it's her character it's her good works and I think the church sometimes we forget that mm-hmm. and we forget that people are on different walks and we shame them and that kind of pushes them away from God so we have to be very careful Proverbs 31 I know everyone quotes it <laughs> but I love quoting it yes but in Proverbs 31, 30, right? That's where we stop. We stop at 30. <laughs> and I'm going to just read it. It says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. But 31 also says, Give her the fruits of her hands mm. and let her own works praise her at the gates. It's, her <laughs> it's what yeah. she does and how she uses her character to reflect God. And his his beauty, because we are his masterpiece. We are made to glorify him. And how are we going to do that in our own bodies? By doing good works, by showing him that we respect and we love him. Not so that we're saved by any means. So nobody right. takes that out of context. Right, right. You know? um, but that we show that we love and respect him by obeying his commandments and taking care of his people, which mm. is the church and obviously the unbelievers who need to see Christ. Yeah. So how do you think about modesty as it relates to temptation? So not just clothing your body in a way that honors God and it's like between you and him, but also like in relation to the church. And I think it's a very touchy subject. And there's a lot of just bad teaching in the church about how to deal with temptation and women as threats. But on the other hand, the Bible does make the case for caring for each other in that sense of not causing your brother to stumble. And I think we get really, really caught up on women not causing men to stumble. And it's a very much a double standard because you see men in the church posting shirtless selfies and all these things that bring up all sorts of lust and, you know, <laughs> men and women, and we don't talk about it. What is the conversation missing? Well, I think there's two issues. The first issue is 
what um, Jesus states, right? If your eyes cause you to sin, mm. gouge them out. Right. Don't actually do that. He's right. saying, do whatever you possibly can so you don't sin. If you look upon a woman with lust, you have committed adultery with her in your heart. Wonderful. So now you know that the weight of the sin is on the back of the sinner. Mm-hmm. Yes. We know that. So for us now moving forward, men and women, no lust. That's it. We have no lust of the eyes. You have to guard your heart. The second issue is in First Timothy It says, I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety. And propriety, I I wrote it down. Hold on. (laughs) The state or quality of conforming to conventionally accepted standards Mm. of behaviors or morals. So really what I see is dress modestly and appropriately for the occasion that you're going to. Mm. You know, obviously you want to know what the dress code is. If you don't err on the side of caution. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, your value is not on how you dress. Yes. That's why when people say, oh, this woman or this man caused me to stumble, you have to really look at your heart. Mm -hmm. And also, there are a lot of people in the church that do like struggle with lust or struggle with, you know, whatever it may be. Take every opportunity to help your sister or brother in Christ. You know, if somebody says, hey, like I'm uncomfortable when you do that, regardless of what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. In in the New Testament, Paul's like, I'll never eat meat again. (laughs) So, you know, we have to take it in a, in a, in a way where we're not being selfish Mm -hmm. and we're like, I'm going to do what I want, regardless of how you think, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's not being Christ-like. And I think, The way that I think about modesty is like this. I'm a Christ ambassador. I'm, you know, brands reach out to me and they're like, hey, do you want to be part of my brands? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they send over a contract. They give me all of these lists of how I should portray myself for their audience. Mm -hmm. So God gives us the same guidelines. Mm. He's like, these are my guidelines. And you go ahead and do what you got to do. Use the talents that I gave you and be my ambassador. An ambassador is a diplomat. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go there. You have to conduct yourself in a respectable manner. Then you have to treat people with love and kindness because you represent a foreign land. Our foreign land is heaven, right. but we represent <laughs> Christ. So yeah. I think that a lot of people, like women especially, or the church really, just portrays that women just know. I don't want to see any of that cover up, but truly they should be saying, women, you're Christ ambassadors, dress respectfully wherever you go. And that's what my mom, my mom was like, I just asked God what to wear. Mm. And he, he made those outfits for me. He made me dress in a way that I was like respectable for the audience that I was in and everyone loved my outfit. Mm. And that's a really beautiful testimony because a lot of the times we don't put God in every facet of our life and we try to handle things our own way but sometimes we need help even in the little things mm-hmm. yeah. so you literally were discerning outfits you were like God what do I wear and he would literally I would just say God please help me get dressed today wow and he'd be like okay 
<laughs> That's awesome. He, and I'm sure he has amazing fashion sense. I think that we under, we just so underestimate God as like artist. Like he created the world. Like, of course he has fashion sense. <laughs> of course. You never look at a sunset and you go, That's an ugly sunset. <laughs> no, right. He creates beautiful things. That is awesome. So when you think about your ministry, I would, I would definitely call it a ministry. Has God given you any indication of what this might turn into? How would you describe your mission, your audience? Ah, I would say everyone, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, because I know that there are a lot of men who They ask me like, hey, we need to make a video for men. How do mm. I dress? I'm like, okay. So hopefully everyone. But, you know, I think it's more geared toward girls um, or like young women who just they are interested in fashion or beauty. I think of myself as a big Christian sister or just a woman who loves the Lord, loves to share the word of God and loves to share my outfits. So hopefully that is who I'm serving right now. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. But, you know, wherever the Lord takes me, to be honest. Ooh. Have you ever thought about <laughs> costume design? I have. I was in school. When I was in school, I did fashion merchandising, which is like more the business side of fashion. But I loved sewing. I loved design. And costume design was one of my interests, for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. We are, like, trying to turn some of these stories into, like, screenplays. And it would be so cool if you could, like, help with, like, costuming. That would be cool. Yeah. Because I'm like, I refuse to have lame outfits just because it's a Christian movie. Oh, I refuse to have you left. Yes. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to share? Is there any sort of message that you have for, you know, a young believer? You know, because I just think you are like filled with the love of God and you have these passions that you've just surrendered to him and he's doing awesome things through you. So that wasn't really a question, but (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, well, (laughs) but do you have any, any message that you want to share? Yeah, I would say doesn't matter your age you could be six years old or 70 just follow christ and whatever you do do it for his glory mm. getting dressed in the morning do it for his glory he woke mm. you up he gave you another chance he gave you new mercies so do it all for him and i'd say just be passionate for him you know we can say that we love christ all we want but are we doing his work and expanding his kingdom and being his ambassador, which he called us to do, Mm. and spreading his gospel. I actually have one more question before. So something that I think a lot about, because I grew up in it, is purity culture. And a lot of times when we talk about modesty, we end up talking about purity culture. And I think that a lot of women are harmed by these ideas of what it is to be pure, and they end up trying like essentially they try not to think about sex or think about anything sexual until they get married and then they are with their husband and they're like I can't enjoy sex because I've been (laughs) I I have all this shame attached you know they don't understand sex as a beautiful or or their bodies as a beautiful thing that the Lord created for a purpose right how how do you how do you think about that how do you talk about that to your followers oof well listen number one in terms of like purity culture like I grew up in the church, but like I left when I was young. So right. say around 13. So I didn't grow up with the like hardcore beauty culture, but I've been called every name in the yeah. colorful name <laughs> because I was not, I was not, you know, right with God. Um, yeah. And so people definitely shamed me and let me know that I was 
doing wrong mm-hmm. for sure. So I've, I've been there, like I, I sympathize. And with like purity culture, I just don't fully understand it because God called us no matter who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think with like that kind of purity culture, if you're not up to par, then you're not useful. Yep. Yep. And that is so not true and so far from the gospel. Like Paul murdered Christians. Yes. So clearly it is okay for you, no matter where you are right now, you are not too far gone. Right. And it does not matter what you've done. Come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And for you to like shame other, and like this is talking to like the body of Christ, really, for you to shame other women or shame anyone, really, like Jesus said, Take the plank out of your own eye first. Period. Yes. Period. <laughs> because, you know, so many times we don't know what people are going through. And sometimes people, they may act a certain way because they're traumatized. They don't know how to handle things. Mm-hmm. And so many times we're like, how dare they? But sometimes they're unbelievers. They're going to act like an unbeliever. Exactly. So sometimes we have to take a step back, realize what we have done and sympathize with them. So that's what I have to say on purity culture. Like I said, I don't know too much about it, but from what I've seen, it really goes against what the gospel says. Not saying that you shouldn't sin. Obviously, you should continue to keep his commandments. But if you do fall short, of course, grace wins. So yes. Grace wins. Mm-hmm. Big facts. Guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no cap as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yes, I think that I think so much about Paul just saying like such were some of you. And it's just for so true because mm-hmm. when I get on socials, you know, and I see and sometimes even with the testimonies, people will have complaints about like what some people are wearing. Like they'll go to the person's profile and see that maybe they're wearing a whatever crop top or something and people are very upset and it's like I and I think also some people use it as like a barometer it's like are you a Christian I can tell by looking at you and it's not true because I remember when I came to faith there were like two years of me being a professing Christian and I just was still wearing what I wore in the world like and I didn't think anything of it and it came to me one day holy spirit just stuff where I suddenly was just like very uncomfortable and it wasn't like I felt ashamed I just suddenly felt naked and I was like I'm not supposed to look like this and it's like we know it's because of the fall and I think that's where some people get tripped up is like this is your body made by God it's beautiful but to pretend like sin is not a part of it is to ignore the reality of of everything to ignore the reality of the fall well that's and you brought up a great point so thank you very much a lot of people are saying well God made me mm-hmm. naked mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah he did but yes. we sinned Exactly. <laughs> we messed it up, though. We messed it up. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it says it somewhere in First Samuel, where, where, like, man looks at the appearance. Mm-hmm. But God looks at the heart. A lot of people are like, yeah, so God doesn't judge me. But I'm like, man does. Yes. And that's why God already knows that. Yeah. And so he gives us these guidelines because mm-hmm. we have to represent him. Mm-hmm. Man will automatically judge us by what he sees. And by he, I mean general sense, male and female. Yeah. So if they're automatically judging us by what they see, don't give them the opportunity to, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm I'm saying this, like, be like, have discernment, you know, talk to God and ask him what to do, how to wear things and be respectful, Mm -hmm. you know, because we have to conduct ourselves in a in a good manner so that people we'll start to question our character. Why are you the way that you are? You're so nice. Oh my gosh. 
why are you that nice? <laughs> you know, yeah. I've had people ask me like, why are you so nice? Or why are you, are you not going to talk bad about this person? Like this person just, no, I'm not going to talk bad about this. So like, you know, obviously your clothes won't matter as much, but your character will outshine what you're wearing. Yes. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. And then you sneak the gospel in there. You're like, let me tell you why I'm like this. <laughs> let me tell you how I used to be. And let me <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. This has been so great. I'm excited to share this. I know it'll encourage so many people. I know so many people I want to send this directly to because we just had so many conversations about purity and modesty and what that really means. And you really have an awesome story that just showcases the heart of the matter, which really is our hearts and God's love for us and wanting us to be like him. So thank <laughs> well, you. Well, it was an absolute pleasure being here. And I'm like so happy and so honored that you asked me to be here. So thank you yes. so much. And your platform is absolutely wonderful. So <laughs> thank you so much for what you're doing and continue to glorify God. Before you leave the app, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and a review. And as always, please feel free to send any questions or comments to thengodmoved at gmail.com.